When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome to Sustainable Success. Hope everyone is having a great week. Here we are in the second week of November. And again, we hope everyone is going to close out this crazy year that we've been having in a way that we can prepare for 2021. So here at Sustainable Success, we want to make sure that you are putting together your goals and being very specific and clear of not only what you're doing in your business, but also doing this for your personal life. Again, we highly encourage you to reach out to us here at Sustainable Success at Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. We'd be more than happy to assess uh, what you're trying to do and accomplish in your business and personal life. We'd be happy to assist you in developing a life and business strategy to make sure that 2021 is going to be the year that you take off using this year as a time of reflection to kind of make that change to where you're going going forward. With that being said, uh, we're going to have a great show today. And before we start again, those that are new to us, uh, you found us here at the Voice America Influencers Channel. You could also find us on iTunes and Spotify. We encourage you to check us out there as well. And then also our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. Again, that's Sustainable Success 2017. You'll listen to many of our great guests that we've had on in the past sharing their words of wisdom to help you scale your personal life and business to the next level. Today's show, uh, we're going to be focusing on the art of fear. We know we're all living in uncertain times, and it's always our choice of how we roll with the changes to come out ahead. Now, you're going to be listening to someone uh, and from her first published book called The, the Art of Fear, a photographic memoir. Uh, it features an epic poem of, of many different images as well, and she's going to be sharing her, with you her, her story from transparency and how she was able to get through what she did and how it can inspire you to do the same and then for you to take this and how this relates to your situation to move forward. And before I bring her on, her name is Kimberly Butler and she has photographed hundreds of celebrities and world leaders, including five U.S. presidents. Her credits include covers of New York Times bestsellers and gallery photo shoots for major broadcast networks. She was also a regular uh, photography uh, contributor to People's Magazine for more than a decade. She has traveled extensively in the Middle East and the former Soviet Union as a photojournalist and documentary filmmaker in Jordan, Jerusalem, Gaza, and is it Chechnya, if I said that correctly. For the past two decades, she has been the creative force behind the American Library Association Celebrity Read Poster Series, exhibited nationwide in public schools and libraries to promote literacy. In 2018, she exhibited her continuing photographic series on banned books in New York City called Censored. In 2019, she published her first book, The Art of Fear, which we're going to be uh, looking at today, which is a photographic memoir, and presented it at the National Arts Club in New York. This year, she released her online photo series called Alice in Opioland. And without further ado, we welcome Kimberly Butler to the show. Kimberly, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I love that introduction. I was saying, I want to meet that person. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> well, you, you have such an impressive, pre- impressive background when it comes to here, you know, with photojournalism. And, but, you know, what you're going to share with us today, you know, you really caught my attention with your story. And, and I, you know, it is so inspiring, you know, because here at, at Sustainable Success, we're all about, you know, transparency. We're all about real life experiences and what we've become in the process to uh, be who we are today, to be those examples for others to do for themselves and helping them not only scale their businesses, but also, you know, becoming more as a person, you know, striving for that work-life harmony that is so important in which COVID has really been testing us in that area. But with that being said, I wanted to kind of dive into you know, the art of fear and what, you know, what, 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 you know, prompted you to come up with that name for not only for the book, but just also the concept itself, you know, you know, since you have an art background and obviously, 
you faced so mm-hmm. much uh, growing up. Can you, if you could talk about where the, the, the concept for the book came from? Well, I, I actually, as a child, uh, my father came out of World War II with post-traumatic stress disorder. Nobody knew what that was. He just started behaving terribly. Um, my mother didn't know what it was. Her in-laws didn't know what it was. You know, he just was uncontrollable and mentally ill from war. And my mother started to self-medicate. Um, uh, my grandmother uh, was ill. My grandfather died. So she had no support system. So we ended up in, with the church's advice, who had married them since they were going together since they were 10 years old, into a local orphanage. And my mother worked to pay for us to be there. So this was a terrible, terrible experience. I mean, it was, you know, you got beat up every day, you were harassed. Um, Then I I went to the local school where kids who had parents and houses also went. So if you didn't get it at the orphanage, you got it at school. And I lived like that for about two and a half, three years, and then the family was reunited. But all the problems still existed. And I lived a life of shame and of secrecy because I didn't want anybody to know that these are the things that happened to me. And when I turned 16 years old, I moved out of the house. I moved into my own apartment because I started college very early. And at that point, I decided to become very transparent and very open with people that I knew about where I had lived who I had been, what my experiences had been, and no longer walk around with that shame as if it were a shameful experience because I realized that it made me who I was and that I was this remarkable individual who had not been crushed by this experience but had made me empathetic. It had made me fearless that I would go into a field that was dominated by men and not only just stick to one thing, doing celebrities, but actually go into war work and or in humanitarian work and use the celebrity work to fund that, if all that made sense. Yes, absolutely. So I became this very transparent person. So I took the art of fear and I said, let me do it uh, with this gas mask I had bought on 9-11. And my daughter is the model. And I said, you know, everybody wears masks. They wear it at work. They wear it at home. They wear it with every different person that they know to try to project what they think that person wants to see. Mm. And I think it's a very dangerous way to live. I agree. I mean, this is prior to COVID, right? I mean, before people were wearing these so-called masks that we've been wearing, but I mean, I know what you're saying, wearing a mat, like a mask, you know, you know, to cover up who we really are and what, what, what we're feeling and what we represent. I know exactly what you're saying. Yes. People want to be accepted. So let me be act and be a certain way in the office. So I'm accepted. Let me act and be a certain way with this man so he'll like me and ask me out again, or this group of friends, or this, that group of friends. And when I came to the point where, and that's your ego, that's your damaged ego uh, talking, and because of lack of self-esteem. And I'm not a doctor, but I'm, I've, I've played a patient for a long time. And there's a photograph in my book where my daughter is posing and there's flames coming out away from her. And I talk about my fragile ego, traitor and friend. And it's the burning away of the ego. And it's that point in my life that I realize I don't have to explain anything to anyone. I can just be me seek out the work that I want to do, and just be myself. And if that's not good enough for the people that I'm around, then I'm hanging around the wrong people. I need to find my tribe, my people. So that started off a tremendous career of working with some amazing people. The best work of my life has been my humanitarian work with United Jewish Appeal, going into Russia, helping people after the fall of the Berlin Wall 
helping people make Aliyah to Israel. People could get out of the of the former Soviet Union, could get out and live in Israel. Uh, working in Jordan in the refugee camps, all the Syrian refugees. I mean, when you see life like that, you are so grateful to be an American and mm. to live in a democratic society that it really you it just the humility and and the gratefulness that I have for my life has been just amazing. So when when COVID hit. I said, okay, it's time for reinvention now. I think it's time for reinvention for everyone. And in a way, I yeah, see, I mean, in a way, it, I, I, you know, I don't know. How, let me know how what you feel. I felt that, you know, obviously a lot of people have been affected by COVID. Some people lost family members uh, that got sick and passed on. And but you know like with anything that what happens that's beyond our control, you know, you know, even if it's bad overall, there's always good that comes from it. And for me, it was, again, and I know for some other people I know, it was a, a time for reflection to kind of see what was really important, you know, in my life. Do I want, do I want to keep going and, you know, you know, commuting on a train every day into, into an office or do, you know, do I want to start working from home? I want to start doing something different. You know, people, you know, began to kind of begin to see, you know, things in a different light. And this was different from 9-11 where, yeah, people started to do that, but then quickly went right back to the same old, same old. And, you know, but now we're starting to see a change. So what is your, your take on that, like, from this whole yeah, experience? Yeah, I think there's months? a blessing in disguise here. Although we've had a lot of loss, which is terrible, I think it's a blessing to us as a society. I saw America, of which I'm extraordinarily proud. You know, I'm a daughter of the American Revolution. Um, my entire family fought in the American Revolution, um, and I'm extremely proud of our history. You know, we set a standard for the world to go by where, you know, our, our, one of our prime directive was to the pursuit of happiness. You know, it, yeah. it, that's a radical idea in 1776. But I, I saw our country, you know, where the most important thing was, you know, lip gloss and the Kardashians and these reality shows and so much of our morality and what was important in life was getting more and more lost. And the generation behind mine was so self-absorbed. They didn't know anything about the sacrifices made uh, in the generation before them uh, to give them this life of peace without, without any repercussions. Um, so I think that America was hitting rock bottom in a way and, and it lost its moral compass for sure. Uh, and personally, that's the way I felt. So I think that this has been a good thing in that we all can stop and take a breath and say, okay, this is, this is where we are. But we've got an opportunity to, to, like, rebuild our city. I'm in New York City. And they've gone and made each street like a one-lane street. The trucks are delivering at night, so the air is cleaner. The restaurants are now outside, so it's a little like Paris. People are more open. They're smiling at each other. We're happy to be out. And we were remarkable with, you know... We were ground zero. You know, you can see us from outer space glowing at one time. In March, we were the hottest zone in the world. And we were amazingly staying in our homes. And we were banging on our pots for the nurses and the doctors that were just, you know, digging deep and doing everything that they could do. And I do. I think it's, a, it's an amazing time to reflect on a personal level and say, hey, what do I want to do with my life now? Do I want to go back? And for corporations to say, okay, do we want a workforce from home? We can save money by doing this. People can save money on commuting. We don't have as much of a clog of traffic. There is so much opportunity now for America to take a reflection on herself and say, what's important? Let's, let's, you know, rebuild, but rebuild better come back better than we were because we mm. weren't in such good shape before. No, absolutely. That's my personal opinion. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, I want to be able to, we're going to have to go to break here in a few minutes, but I wanted to kind of just, you know, get a kind of lay the groundwork for everyone about, you know, fear and how, you know, like you said, you know, we've been wearing these masks for so long, not literally these masks that we've been wearing for the last, you know, seven, eight months or nine months that it's been at this point, but that we've, you know, we've been wearing another mask, you know, that, you know, and carrying around this uh, this false self, so to speak. So I just wanted yeah. to see, you know, if Kimberly, if you could sum up that, you know, and we can get into it more when we get come back after the break, just a little bit again, you know, this awakening that you're seeing of people, you know, rising from their false self. Well, I, I, I see it. I, I definitely see it in some of my friends being very open and not trying to hide um, their their inner their inner lives anymore. You know, just coming out with coming out with it and saying, you know, I'm worried about my job. Am I going to have a job? And yeah. my my answer to my friends is, you know, I'm saying the same thing too. You know, there's been, there's been very very little work in my area, and all we can really do is wait. And that's tough. It's tough not to be afraid. But when we can't control it, then we, if we're able to talk about it and say, you know, I'm afraid. I'm afraid there won't be any more work. I'm afraid they're going to cut back my office. I'm afraid they're going to cut the magazine. If you're able to talk about it and express your fears to your friends, you know, and, and be real and tell it from your soul, you get rid of that toxic stuff. It comes yeah. out. You, you know, you don't have to wear that mask. Like, everything's yeah. all right. I'm not worried. Or, or hide away yep. because you don't want them to see you cry. You want to see it. Exactly. Now, this is amazing. So when we come back to break, I want to dive a little bit more into what, what we're discussing here. Again, uh, we're talking about the art of fear. And, again, you're going to learn more about uh, not only the art of fear, but also Kimberly's book, The Art of Fear, a photographic memoir, which we'll be uh, sharing with everyone later here on the show. Uh, We have to go to break, but we'll be right back. We got more to come. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back to Sustainable Success. If you're just joining us here, we are with Kimberly uh, Butler. Again, she is a uh, celebrity photographer, photojournalist. We're talking about a concept of the art of fear, and this is from her book, The Art of Fear, a photographic memoir. And again, if you're just joining us, you can uh, listen to the show uh, again in its entirety later today here on Voice America Influencers Channel. And we highly encourage you to check out the first segment uh, as Kimberly shared some powerful information that could definitely help you and how you can relate that to your experience and what you're going through now to move forward. So, Kimberly, we were talking about fear and I wanted to, you know, if you could expand upon from your experience, 
you know, the, some of the things that you learned from fear, you know, you, you really talked about some powerful things from your childhood where that, where this fear really started and talk about your, you know, again, about some of those lessons that you've learned from it. Yes. Well, yes. So there was a tremendous amount of fear that I experienced as a child that wasn't normal. So fear became a very natural part of life, you know, an abnormal, abnormal amount of fear. As I grew older and I got into my teens and then into college, you know, I was dealing with that fight or flight thing. You know, you can't tell a, a professor or your boss, you know, to take a walk and uh, you can't run away and not get your degree. But what I started to notice was that all those chemicals that were being built up in my system, the, the anger and the fear and the rage, what I learned to do with it is to take it and take all that energy and push it into the direction that I wanted to go. Everybody said, the life of an artist is crazy, you never make a living, be a lawyer, be a doctor, be something practical. And my mother, God bless her, said to me, I don't care what you do, be happy. And God bless Thomas Jefferson, he's a cousin of mine by like 20 removed, he put that in the Declaration of Independence, the pursuit of happiness. There it is, which is amazing. That's why all the world is following us, because the pursuit of happiness is the key to a happy life of no fear. So I would say to everybody now, if you've been working at a job and you really haven't been happy, Whatever it is, whatever it is that makes you happy, take all that fear that you have of your job not existing or you've never been happy at it really, you've done it for the money, take all of that and put it into the direction of what you've always wanted to do. Mm. Until I picked up a camera, I was never really happy. There was nothing that kept my attention. And I picked up a camera in college when I went on a trip to Russia but it was still communist. And from that moment on, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I went into an all-male field. I worked as an assistant. I was screamed at, yelled at, the whole thing. And it was right at the height of the women's movement, of the ERA, with Gloria Steinem and all, all those guys were out there, you know, pushing for me to be able to have an open door. And I just kept knocking on doors and used that energy the fear, for me personally, the fear of death by cubicle pushed me into a world of art. Mm. Because I couldn't, I couldn't stand the idea of politics of an office, being in one place all day long, doing something I didn't like to do, writing briefs. This wasn't for me. I'm not, I'm not putting anybody down. That's good for some people. My best friend, she she thought I was nuts. She says, I have to have my check on Friday. I said, okay. But me, I have to move. I have to travel. I have to meet people. I have to see what's going on. I'm an adventurer. I've got to go. And, you know, when I would go into places like Chechnya or Gaza, they, all my friends, they thought I was just out of my mind. But I've had this extraordinary life because I took that fear and I just put it and used it as energy to be an explorer, to be a person that wasn't going to let my fear hold me back because it wow. holds everybody back. You, you, made, you made a powerful statement there that I'd like you to expand on for the audience. You know, you, you know, you, you, again, you went through this really, really difficult experience as a child and then you got, you know, and then you got, you got out of school, you're in school and you get into this, into this, uh, you know, into the, you know, photography, into the, into photography, which was then, a, you know, an all male man business, all male business. And you had all this, these obstacles that were facing you, this fear. And then, you know, for some or many people, that fear will paralyze you. It'll, it'll prevent you from moving forward. It's that fight or flight. You, you run away. We escape. But like an Olympian athlete, you instead looked at it in a way to, you know, re, you know, go through it. Like you, you embraced the pressure of what you were going through and just said, because you said, I, this is how I want my life to be. This is what I love to do. And I'm going to trust that process. 
talk a little bit more about that process because a lot of times people, you know, they they like you said, like the friend of yours that I want my paycheck at the end of Friday. She's tied to an outcome. Mm-hmm. She's tied to an expectation. You were tied to a process, allowing the results to be the byproduct of what you put into that process and letting go of anything else that was beyond your control. Would that be safe to say? If you and if if, if so, if you can expand, yes. you know, on that, yeah. Yes, because as a child, I had been abandoned, beaten, thrown away. So when I when I turned sixteen. I, I wasn't going to allow anybody to tell me where I was going to go, what I was going to do again. So that's how I differ from most people. So I would, say, I would say to them, yes, I know it's scary. The idea is scary of changing your life. But this is the perfect opportunity to do something that you love. You should be... There's no reason... That you should, you see, uh, let, me, let me see if I can make this clearer. People put the money and security first as the direction. Mm. And that's instilled by their parents and society. I put the happiness and love of what I was doing first. And then the money comes. Yep. And that, that used to be a famous quote from Joseph Campbell, who was one of my all-time heroes. You know, follow your bliss. Do what you want to do, and the reward will come. Because you yep. love what you're doing. You love you what you're doing. You can't help but be yeah. rewarded. And that's, yeah. that's what I would say to that person. That, that is so powerful. You, and, yeah, because here at Sustainable Success, we, talk, we call it trusting the process. You... You follow your purpose. Mm-hmm. It's why you're doing what you're doing. And, and the money, the security, whatever, you know, all those other things that that are important, you know, are the byproduct of, of that process. And, and and you went through that fear. You embraced that fear knowing that, you know, as you, as you went through it in time, it would all work out. You trusted, you believed in, enough in yourself, you know, to do your part in allowing what was beyond your control to do its part, you know, for it to come together. And, you know, you can look back now and go, my God, you know, here I am and everything's okay. I got a roof over my head. I've been able to accomplish this. I've been able to put this amount of money in in the bank. You know, all of that, all of that stuff that in hindsight, you can look back, but people just, you know, when they're, when they're thinking, they're, like you said, they're putting the security, the money as the priority and sacrificing, you know, everything that goes into doing that that they end up settling for things that that are, don't bring them uh, contentment or happiness. Exactly, exactly. And now, uh, you know, when when I should be thinking now of what I'm going to do, um, I'm reinventing myself. So, yeah. you know, na- now I'm 50, and I'm reinventing myself. So what did I do? I did Alice in Opioid Land, and I went after Big Pharma. And I did Alice in Opioid Land instead of Wonderland. And I hit a, a, like a, a, a Grand Slam home run in the World Series with this thing. It's a photo, you know, it's a, it's a photo, group of photos. There's about 19 of them. And Alice gets curious about the Oxycontin that's in her mother's pharmaceutical like collection in the medicine chest. She takes one and down she goes into addiction. Mm-hmm. And she meets all these characters. But, you know, there's a price to pay for all of this, but it's told in a modern way. And everybody can see it on my website, on KimberlyButler.com. And I'm speaking at schools about it, you know, about addiction, because during COVID, a lot of people are drinking too much, taking too many drugs. Oh, yeah. So, but, but back to the, what I'm doing now is I'm reinventing myself. I wrote The Art of Fear. I want to share my experiences with people. Yeah, am I... Am I you like sitting going, oh boy, I wonder when they're going to start these TV shows up and all the different things where I make my money. Sure, I'm nervous. Of course I'm nervous. But I keep reading, I keep writing because this thing has to disappear. Historically, they do. We know that. So just hold on and we'll be out of this and hopefully we'll be a better country for it, a better society for it. 
But I'm just not going to say, okay, let me retire and let me just give up and let me just do this. It's the time to say, okay, now, now what can Kim do? What I want to do is more humanitarian work, more things like Alice in Opioid Land, because they're having major effects. They're doing something good. And that's the point. Mm. So when kids look at this, they go, oh, so, so that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah, you steal mom's pills and you die. And it all looks like that, you know, fun and games, but it's not. And then I've been on a couple of TV shows where they've shown it. And so I want to do things that are important with my art now. So I've got and to and, go to yeah, and it's, it's really emphasizing, what, you know, some of the issues that, that, are take, that are happening. People are addicted to these opioids. I mean, they're in what, whether if it's over the counter or, you know, in, in another way, you know, you know, and I can relate to it because I, I've, you know, I've, I've struggled with uh, addiction in different ways, uh, not through uh, that, but, you know, in other ways. And I have a brother who was a heroin addict and I can understand, I can relate to it, you know, but knowing See, that, there, that. There, there's a better way uh, to, you know, go through the fear and, and to embrace it and to, you know, to find the good in it. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Well, no, no, no. But that's how I was an addict, too. Because yeah. the, the, uh, uh, I had a pinky that, that moved in. It's called Dupatrans, but it's actually a Viking disease in my DNA. So they went and they straightened out my finger. And I, the pain wouldn't stop, so they sent me to Dr. Feelgood. And about a year later, my GP says, to me, you know, you're a drug addict. And I didn't even know. So then I had to get yeah. weaned off that stuff. So oh, this... Yeah. Watching the Sackler family, who they're doing a movie about, by the way, they're starting to shoot it now. They just paid an eight billion dollar fine, but they they got their names taken off all the uh, art museums that they had donated, you know, billions and billions in art to, because they were deliberately addicting people by you know making deals with doctors, making deals with hospitals, you know, pushing their drugs, pushing their drugs. You know, it, it's a horrible thing to say, but a lot of artists were the ones to first bring attention to it by doing sit-ins like at the Guggenheim and throwing papers down that the Sacklers were responsible and take their names off these exhibits. So the museums, because of the amount of debts from OxyContin, the museums had to do it. So then I said, what, what can I do? And I said, ah, Alice in Wonderland. I was always suspicious of Lewis Carroll, you know? And I, I put that together to do something, you know, that helps society. So, you know, a little 12-year-old picks up that little flip book and says, hmm, you know, maybe it's not such a good idea to play around with drugs. Yeah, you know, they, well, they, 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 they can visualize it. They see it. And now they can kind of say, wow, this could be me in another year or two if I, if I choose exactly. this path. Yeah, and I, I, I thought about a lot of ways to do it because it can be your friends. You can get hurt like I was. But you're just looking around a mom's medicine chest, you know, and they're getting younger and younger, 10, 11, 12. I mean, I, I, tens of thousands, of, I think it's the hundreds of thousands of people have died on OxyContin so much now that they were even running ads in New York subways for everyone to have a Narcon kit in your house. So if your neighbor had an OD from heroin or from OxyContin, you could save their life. When that starts happening in society, we've got a real problem. Oh, yeah. And the people have to speak. And it was the artist that began the movement that brought attention to it. And I was very proud of them. And I said, what am I doing? Let me do this. And as being a former addict and coming right out and telling everybody, like on national television, that's back to that dropping that mask. You know, why did we hide everything 30 years ago? And Because everything was a secret. You kept everything a secret. The neighbors will find out. You know, I think that made us all sick. No, it did. It, the transparency and vulnerability is such a strength. And we have about 30 seconds to the next show. So I want to make sure that we, uh, I want to address that, what you just left off on the next segment. So, well, we got more to come from Kimberly Butler, The Art of Fear. We got to go to break. And again, this is some powerful information that you're hearing here. And again, if you're just joining us, you can, uh, again, listen to the show in its entirety later today. And we'll be right back after the break.
What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back again. Uh, You're listening to Sustainable Success. And again, we're talking about the art of fear here with Kimberly Butler. We highly encourage you to check out her book, The Art of Fear, a photographic memoir. You're going to be learning a little bit later here at the show towards the end where to get uh, your hands on this book, and we highly encourage you to do so and to even buy more than one to share with your loved ones and those that matter. Kimberly, before the break, we were talking about, you know, addiction. And, you know, addiction a lot of times is a byproduct of living in fear, operating in fear, running away from fear. I know for the case, it was for me that I got addicted to, you know, alcohol, drugs, sex. You know, it wasn't just one thing. You know, I just, I needed to escape the anger that I was experiencing uh, from my fear and everything I was running away from. You know, talk about a little bit about that and how, you know, that addiction and people running away from fear doesn't have to be so obvious, like where, oh, I don't do, I, I don't abuse drugs. I don't abuse alcohol or this or that, but they may be, you know, working longer. They may be unfaithful in their relationships. They may be eating more than they should or whatever the case may be. So there's other subtle ways that people, you know, deal with fear in unhealthy ways. Yeah. You know, when I'm in my late years in high school and into college, you know, partying, smoking pot and all that stuff was normal. So, so, you know, we're drinking and partying and, but we're doing it all the time. <laughs> and it's you no know, total denial. And of course I'm self-medicating, but I haven't come to the, to the part where I'm really looking inside and doing the work. See, that's the thing. It, it says you've got to go inside and confront those demons. I'd been swallowing anger and rage for a long time. I was just a little kid who couldn't fight back. So every time I I swallowed, you know, I just empowered the, the, I like to call her my dragon that lives inside of me. And, you know, you're going to get high, you're going to drink, you're going to hang out with your friends, and it's going to be a temporary fix, but it's not going to get rid of that toxic anger, that toxic ego that you're carrying. You're not carrying a healthy ego. You can't take criticism. Uh, you don't sleep well. Uh, you're with the wrong person. However you're acting out, I think it really comes from a damaged place of a damaged ego. For whatever reason, what happened to you? Um, I think so then you start to self-medicate. Because it's easier to do that than be honest with yourself. Because when I started being honest with myself, I had to face who I had become because of what they had done to me and then make the journey of self-discovery of who I really was beyond that toxic ego. And it was admitting my faults, 
admitting the wrong that I had done other people, admitting the wrong that I had done to myself. And once I started shedding all of that, and then there came the big admission that I was grateful for the journey that I had. Because if I hadn't been in the orphanage, if I hadn't been abandoned, then I wouldn't have grown into the person that I became. And I like me. I'm a good person. I have a great sense of honor. When I found out that I'm descendant of the founding fathers from my Irish heritage, it made everything clear of my patriotism, how I felt about my country, and it all just came together. And it's such a wonderful feeling to finally like yourself and not have that hidden hatred and low self-esteem that you've gathered for so long and just swallowed because you didn't express it to somebody. You didn't a good friend or, or just went on for so long and you were so beaten down or whatever your situation was, you just didn't admit it to yourself and start to work to eradicate that toxicity that had taken over your personality. So you were wearing masks to make everybody happy, to like you and all that stuff. But then you come home and you take off that mask and you put it on the, the foyer table and, uh, you know, only you know who you really are. You know, yeah. there's a great song by Billy Joe called The Stranger. And he talks just about that. So everybody go to your Alexa and ask, play The Stranger by Billy Joel. And it's exactly and, and he that. and he could definitely speak from experience because he you know he definitely dealt with his own b- battles and demons as well. So he knows you know that's you know it speaks from from personal experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't we haven't we all? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, absolutely. He's in the public eye. He writes the song. Yeah. You know, but I you hope there are people listening now that you know uh, you know you're 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 just like my mom you know or, or my. You know, my daughter, you know, and, and just, you know, a regular job. Uh, my daughter loves sales. She's great at it. Uh, my mom used to be an office manager, loved it, you know, to each his own, to each his own. But that they still had to deal with their own personal demons. Yeah, Wherever they come so from, everybody's got them. Yep. Yep. It's so true. So true. And, uh, so what would be some of the things that you could recommend for people that, you know, maybe are stuck right now? You know, the, this fear is, you know, you know, kind of put, you know, kind of, you know, just put them in a situation where they're just playing it safe. What would you recommend wherever they are at this place where they're not, you know, they're not maybe maybe they're not, you know, in a job they don't like or maybe they're living a life of with the mask and they're not really being who they are, what would you recommend that they do to kind of break those chains and to be transparent to, you know, take the first step well, towards, you know, breaking that pattern? Well, they, they've got to admit they have a problem. That's the first thing. I think you walk around in a state of confusion. Stop. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy with what I'm doing. And this is the perfect time in history to change that. Make a change. Take a long walk in the woods or on the beach or even in the city. I get my best ideas when I walk. And say to yourself, what do I want to do with my life? I have a great meditation technique that I've used since I'm really young. I read this great book. Um, the, the title will come to me in a, in a moment. Um, but I would go to bed each night. And I would relax each organ in my body. You know, my forehead is relaxed, my jaw is relaxed, and then I did, and healthy. My heart is calm and relaxed and healthy. And then I would say positive things. Tomorrow's going to be a great day. Tomorrow I'm going to be clear about what direction I want to go. Tomorrow a great job's going to come in. I'm going to be in a great mood, mood and open to suggestions. And I swear, who's ever listening, 
it's the universe or it's me making it come true or God is listening, it works. It absolutely works. I've done it every night since maybe I'm 20, so 30 years, every single night. Talking positively to myself, send all that information into your subconscious so then when you go to sleep, your subconscious mind works on all that stuff while you sleep. I'm a firm believer in that. Oh, it's called The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Murphy. Wow. Okay, got it. But, but, so listeners, take note of that and uh, check that out. And, you know, I also want to, you know, you know, talk about, you know, about, you know, I, you shared a lot of insight from the, your book and, what are some other things? Because I really want to get people excited also about your book, Kim, and and where they can, you know, really, you know, hearing you today here on the show, you know, what could be some other takeaways they can get from from your book? The first thing, you'll go and you'll read the foreword, and the foreword will tell you exactly about my life. There's a beautiful introduction by Neil Gaiman, the writer, the writer of American Gods and Good Omens. He's all over the place now. So he writes about meeting me and what it was like meeting me. So it's very beautiful and quite a compliment. And then you read the foreword, and the foreword talks to you about who I am. So it gives you context. But then you see these amazing pictures. And these pictures are very much where we are right now. We're lost. We're confused. We're wearing these masks. And you go through it, and it, it, it's intense. It's very intense. She's looking for her home. She can't find her home. She's looking through religion. That's not working, going to church. She's looking for her friends. She can't find any other person. And then she finds herself. And what happens is she doesn't need the mask anymore. It's extraordinarily powerful. People have written, um, you could read some of the um, reviews on Amazon about it. From some very interesting people, and it's extraordinarily powerful, and it's intense, but it leaves you very uplifted and full of life is going to be okay. It's tough right now for all of us, but everything is going to work out just fine. We're all going to mm. be good. Yeah. Yep, it's true. I, you know, that's the one thing I could I could say, you know, up until about... 20-something years ago, that's how I lived my life. I, I always felt that I had to, like, you know, be conservative. I had to always try to control what I couldn't control. And I always saw, like, when everything seemed like it was going against me, that everything was falling apart instead of it coming together. And, you know, I, I just looked at fear in all the wrong ways. And and now, you know, in the last 21 years, when I changed, you know, my thinking and you know, shifting to a growth mindset and really changing the way I looked at things and taking off that mask that we talked about, uh, that you talked about heavily today, that how that began, I began to trust the process. So even when things didn't, you know, weren't going my way yeah. or looked bleak, I knew that, that that it was all part of what, what, what I was becoming, you know, that I can't, I couldn't experience it with, from a place of being humble or gratitude unless I, experienced the hard the hard part of it and, yes. and nonetheless it yes. always ended up exactly. working out and and as you get older you begin to trust that more you're kind of look back and go why was I why did I worry about this stuff why did I you know but you know it's easy to say that now but back then it was very hard to to to, to, to face that but uh but you shared so much valuable information here what are some other just final comments because I want to leave about I, we have about about three minutes left in the show and I want to leave about a you know a minute and a half for let people know where to find you but whatever what what's a final final thought that you would like to leave for everyone here when it comes to you know looking take, embracing fear in a positive way well I I would I would go back to something my mother would say that was a, it was an old Scottish saying when I would start to to ruminate and worry about something she said to me you're building up straw men in other words, you're building this fear up yourself. Like, what am I going to do if I don't get a job? What am I going to do if I don't do this? What am I going to do if I don't do that? And it's like, just relax. Just be calm. Everything is going to be fine. I'm, I'm right now in the same situation as everybody that has a business, too. All business owners are in the same situation. 
You know, we've had to sit on our hands for a year. What's going to happen? And it's all going to work out. And if we look at history, history can be a great helper to us. Look at World War II. All my family were in bomb shelters every night in London. And after 9-11, I, I called my Scottish aunts, and they were the only ones who were able to calm me down. They said, oh, it's just a ward of nerves. Don't worry. You know, and that was it. They'd hear the air raid sirens, get the card, get the tea kettle, and down into the underground they went. You know, keep calm and carry on. That's where it came from. Exactly. And I think just as, as we get older, we're wiser that look yeah. back. I'll leave you with this. Everybody listening, when you're feeling down or you're feeling fearful, I want you to think back at a time when you were in really bad shape. Something terrible was going down. You were crying. You were begging God for help. Okay? Yeah. And what happened after that? Did it pass? Okay, it did, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Well, there. I this can is think of a hundred times that happened to me. Well, I we have. I want to make sure people get can get in touch. I want people to make sure they get a hands on your book, and then how they can get in touch with you and with anything that you might be able to help them with, either with what we discussed sure. today or the, what you do in your profession. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you can just. Type in Kimberly Butler Photography, and you can go to my site, and it'll say contact. So that's easy enough. And the book is on sale on Amazon, The Art of Fear. But please, anyone, you need someone to talk to or you need some direction, um, please just go to, just go to my website. Uh, again, KimberlyButler.com, and you can get in touch with me. It's just wow, that's that great. And well, we highly, we highly recommend, we, you know, everyone listening or will be listening to get in touch with Kimberly. She is as transparent as it comes. Again, this is somebody, if you can relate to what she shared and this relates to you and your story and where you are, you know, this is all part of being transparent and vulnerable. Reach out to someone that can relate to you and perhaps this could be someone that could help you to help yourself. And again, find out more what she can do to possibly help you in other ways as well. Kimberly, thank you for joining us today, Absolutely. and thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it, and guests and view, uh, listeners, we, we, we appreciate you. Sustainable success would not be where it is today if it wasn't for you coming in every week, listening to our many of our great guests that share their words of wisdom to help you scale your businesses and lives to the next level. Till then, we'll see everyone next Thursday, and have a great rest of your week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.